Howard, welcome back to the show. And first, let me give you some credit because the last time we talked about the potential for BTC price levels, you told us to look for basically where we are right now, kind of in that low to mid 60,000. So what do you make of the breakout and kind of the status right now of Bitcoin as it chops a little bit following that new all-time high? I think we're in a good spot right now. Um, I did think it was going to come up to about here. I do think we'll pull back a little bit. I don't see us going back below 60,000 at any point here. Um, I do think we'll move right back up towards 70. Um, I think we're going to see 75 sooner than we'll see 60, quite honestly. Um, a lot of good fundamentals out there, a lot of good things going on. Um, you know, between PayPal now estimating that their checkout with crypto is going to do $200 million in transactions in the first quarter. Uh, a lot more companies like Time Magazine, Goldman Sachs, Fidelity getting involved. We definitely have the fundamentals in place for our next breakout. Howard, one of the things that I was pointing out uh, from a technical perspective is I looked at the relative strength on a month-long basis for Bitcoin at all its recent all-time highs. And every time over the past year we were making an all-time high, RSI was heating up and overbought, and then it got even more hot. And this time around, the RSI has actually been declining over the past 30 days. Am I getting too picky here, or does that mean something? <laughs> I don't think you're getting too picky. I, I agree with you a little bit there, and I think part of it is we really hit alt season. You know, we've really, for the first time, when Bitcoin's hit an all-time high, we've seen an increase not just in Bitcoin, but in all the other coins. You know, our market cap in the last 60 days has gone from $1.5 trillion to over $2.2 trillion. Um, in 90 days, we've gone from $1 trillion to $2.2 trillion. And, you know, that's a very big, big spot for us. Um, and another big indicator I look at is Ethereum versus Bitcoin. And that's usually about 32 bit, uh, Ethereum equal one Bitcoin. And right now, that has really been reduced. So um, we're seeing the whole market heat up. The whole crypto market's heating up. Mm. For some, that brings a little bit of uh, uh, ugly memories when the huge altcoin explosion running into the 2017 top kind of signaled things were getting frothy. What do you think the odds are of a broader pullback? I mean, it seems from the price levels you've got in mind, you don't see that happening. Is there anything we should be alerted to as to whether or not that can change? Are there certain levels where you go, okay, this opens up to the downside, or uh, is, are there particular events or anything that you should uh, that we should be aware of? Yeah, a lot of it is the difference between 2017 and today is the actual use case of the products. We're seeing a lot of use case in the enterprise level with public blockchains that wasn't happening in 2017. And a lot more of these products are actually, you know, or coins have actual projects. You know, there were a lot of theories back in 2017. And some of those like Cardano and Polkadot and others are finally just now getting their actual, you know, mainnets launched. So, you know, we're watching those roadmaps very closely on a fundamental way to make sure that they're staying on schedule, that there aren't any setbacks. You know, Ethereum, um, you know, in 2017, everybody wanted to be the Ethereum killer. In 2020, what we're seeing in 2021 is more of those projects becoming Ethereum helpers. You know, Polygon, Matic, other layer two scaling solutions are really coming out and saying, let's try to make Ethereum better instead of trying to beat it, you know? Um, and that's definitely changed the narrative. Okay, so uh, no one succeeded uh, in taking down uh, uh, ETH uh, by any means. We've seen a huge run. For Bitcoin and the utility there, as everybody's now focused on this, the one thing I still have trouble with, Howard, is looking at its relationship uh, as a potential store of value. I mean, this is the most talked about potential use case 
I know people say, hey, that's not why I buy Bitcoin. I buy it because I don't want to have censorship from uh, authority and I can send it where I want. But at the end of the day, from a narrative perspective and the tons of people I talk to about why they're doing it, it's the most consensus thing I hear, digital gold. The problem I have, though, Howard, is over the past year, it's traded absolutely nothing like gold. And I went back to see if it's traded more like gold as the bigger it gets and the more it's aged. And there's there's nothing there. So, I mean, how do we get a narrative so out of whack when real rates have had absolutely no impact on Bitcoin the past eight months? I think a lot of that has to do with adoption level. You know, gold has been around for hundreds of years and used as a storage of value. Bitcoin has only been adopted for about a year from in the institutional investors. Um, you know, at the end of the year, it was still less than 10% of hedge funds had any, you know, connection to Bitcoin. But we're seeing that grow a lot. The other part is you got to keep in mind is a lot of these institutional investors are not buying actual Bitcoin. They're using cash settled derivatives still. Um, and then also on the other part of that narrative is, well, here in the U.S., and we're very U.S. centric when we talk about crypto, is look at Nigeria and other countries that have problems with their actual currencies. Those are the people that are actually using Bitcoin as it was intended by Satoshi to be a digital currency. What do you make today of some of the trading action around the Coinbase IPO? There's the argument that there's another big competitor for the demand that's out there. If there is limited demand for Bitcoin and crypto, there's still a majority of guests and portfolio managers I talk with that still don't dabble in this, to your point here about how you know adoption still has potential. But in this moment, if you've got another entrant on the supply side and more supply through either Bitcoin proxy stocks or now Coinbase, what does that mean for the potential pressure it could apply to the market? Well, I do think it's still positive. I do think Coinbase's IPO was sort of a non-factor today. Um, you know, I think it got blown out of proportion for the last 10 days that it was gonna change the narrative. It doesn't change the narrative. Um, you know, it's a tech company. It isn't Bitcoin itself. Uh, I do think that, you know, what we're still seeing is, you know, the, the demand is there and supply is getting dwindling every day as these institutions are buying. I mean, Grayscale had said that they were sort of stopping buying and now they've just done another $10 billion in purchases in the last month. Um, you know, there's just not enough Bitcoin to go around, you know, and we're also seeing the size of transactions just in the last week alone are up 20% on the average transaction size. So, you know, that's not going to go away. In fact, it's increasing. You know, if you look at the average trade, it's just going up and up. And now it's at about a half a Bitcoin or $30,000 per trade. You know, I don't know many other things to trade like that. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, Howard, I got one other one for you here. Still within the equity realm, these Bitcoin substitutes, these phonies <laughs> that folks use if they do <laughs> want to get exposure, but they can't buy the coin. MicroStrategy, Riot Blockchain, uh, Silver Lake. There's all these different uh, publicly traded Bitcoin proxies. I mean, look, I'm not the chart master. We got another guy who has that title, but it still doesn't look very pretty to me, these charts, whether it's riot, lower highs, or micro strategy. They haven't broken down yet, but should we be nervous if this is telling us about anything in terms of broader demand? I do think that they sort of got overworked. You know, I think we saw a lot of the Reddit community um, and a lot of people just jump in and, you know, as an asset, 
um, instead of Bitcoin, trying to get that little bit of you know play on it. So I do think that those uh, stocks do have a little bit of issue. I mean, Riot personally, I think has a lot of potential based on the amount of um, mining equipment they just purchased, $14 million more. I'm seeing U.S. mining companies are definitely going big on getting uh, anti-miners from Bitmain, and they're able to get them because the Chinese uh, government has sort of put a shutdown on the Chinese miners right now as they launch their digital yuan. They don't want Bitcoin to be mined as much in China. Mm -hmm. So it is opening up a lot of hash, hash rate power to the U.S.